0: Hello, and welcome to 30 Days of Grimm. In today's episode, a brother and sister run away from their evil stepmother. There's twists and turns along the way, but wait for the happy ending. It's there. Check it out in episode 27, Brother and Sister. A little boy took his little sister by the hand and said, Since mother died, we have not had a happy moment. Our stepmother beats us every day, and when we come near her, kicks us out with the toe of her boot. The leftover hard crusts of bread are all we've got to eat. Why, the little dog under the table is better off than we are, for he often gets a choice morsel thrown to him. God forbid that mother should know of this. Come, we will go forth together into the wide world." So all day long they walked over the meadows, fields, and rough stones. And when the rain came, the girl said, It is heaven and our hearts weeping together. Toward evening they waded into a large forest, and tired with misery, hunger, and the long wandering, they lay down in a hollow tree and fell asleep. When they woke up the next morning, the sun, already high in the sky, was shining nice and warm into the tree. The little boy said, Sister, I am thirsty. If I can find a little brook, I will go and have a drink. I think I can hear one gurgling. The brother got up, took his sister by the hand, and they set out to look for the spring. However, the wicked stepmother was a witch and had seen the children go away. She had sneaked after them stealthily, the way witches do, and cast a spell over all the springs in the forest. When they found a spring gushing and sparkling over the rocks, the boy made to drink out of it. But the sister heard it murmuring, Who drinks of me shall turn into a tiger. And the sister cried, Pray, dear brother, don't drink the water, or you will be a wild beast and tear me to pieces. So the brother, though he was thirsty, did not drink, saying, I will wait for the next spring. But when they came to the next brook, this too was saying, Who drinks of me shall be turned into a wolf. The sister heard it and cried out, I beg you, brother, don't drink the water, or you'll become a wolf and gobble me up. The brother did not drink the water either and said, I'll wait until we get to the next spring, but then... No matter what you say, I must drink, for I am far too thirsty. When they reached the third small fountain, the sister heard it say, in between the rushing, Who drinks of me shall become a deer, who drinks of me shall be a deer. The sister cried, Don't drink the water, dear brother, I beg you, or you'll be a deer and run away from me. But the brother lost no time in kneeling down by the spring, bent over it and drank, and when the first drops touched his lips, he lay there. "'changed into a fawn. "'Now the sister wept over her poor bewitched brother, "'and so did the little roebuck sitting there, "'oh, so sad by her side. "'Finally the poor maiden said, "'Don't weep, my little fawn. "'I will never, never leave you. "'She untied her golden garter "'and put it around the little roebuck's neck, "'and pulling up some rushes, "'wove them into a soft cord. "'She put the little animal on the leash "'and led it on, "'and went deeper and deeper into the woods.' "'Thus they walked for a long time until they came upon a cottage. "'It was empty, and so the girl thought, "'Here we can stay and live.' "'She went to gather leaves and moss, "'and made a soft bed for the deer, "'and every morning she would go out and gather roots, berries, and nuts. "'And for the fawn she always brought some soft grass. "'He ate it out of her hand, was content, and scampered merrily around.' In the evening the sister was tired, and having said her little prayer, laid her head on the roebuck's silky back, and that was her pillow, and softly drifted off to sleep. If only the brother had his human shape, it would have been a glorious life. Thus they were living alone in the wilderness for some time. But as it happened, one day the king of that country held a big hunt in the forest. Through the trees came sounds of horns blowing, of dogs barking, and merry shouts of the huntsmen. The fawn heard it and would have fain joined in the sport. Oh, let me out to join the hunt, he said to his sister. I can't stand it any longer. But mind, she told him, you come back home in the evening. I will lock the door against the wild huntsmen, and that I may know it is you, you will knock and say, Sister dear, let me in here. And unless you speak just this, I will not unlock the door. And the fawn leapt out and felt so happy in the open air. The king and his huntsmen saw the fine animal and pursued him, but they could not overtake him, and even when they were certain they had him, he leapt away from the bushes and was gone. When darkness fell, he ran to the cottage, knocked at the door, and said, Sister dear, let me in here, and the little door opened. He leapt in and rested himself on the soft bed the whole night. The next morning, the hunt was on again, and again the fawn heard the bugle call and the hi-hi of the huntsmen. He became restless and said, "'Please, sister, open the door. I must get out.' His sister opened the door again for him and said, "'Mind you are back here again by the evening "'and say your little piece.' When the huntsman and his king spotted the fawn with his golden collar, they gave chase, but he was too swift and nimble for them. Thus it went all day, but in the evening the huntsmen surrounded the animal at last, and one of them wounded it a little on the foot, so it ran slowly away limping.' A huntsman stalked it all the way to the cottage and heard it say, "'Sister dear, let me in here,' and the door opened for it and immediately shut again. The huntsman remembered all this well and went to the king and told him what he had heard and seen, whereupon the king said, "'Tomorrow we shall hunt again.' The sister, however, got a dreadful fright when she saw that her fawn had been wounded. She washed the blood off the wound, laid herbs on it, and said, "'Now go to bed, dear fawn, that you may get well again.' But the wound was so slight the next morning that he did not feel it any more. And when he came again and heard the merry sounds of the chase outside, he said, "'I just can't stand it. I must be there. No one shall catch me so easily.' The sister cried, saying, "'This time they will kill you, and I'll be here alone in the forest, forsaken by all the world. I will not let you out.' "'Then I shall die here of misery,' replied the fawn. "'Every time I hear the bugle, I feel as if I should jump out of my skin.' With a heavy heart, the girl could do nothing but open the door, and the fawn, sound and happy, leapt out into the woods. When the king saw it, he said to his huntsman, Now pursue it all day long until nightfall, but be careful, none of you does it any harm. The moment the sun had set, the king said to the huntsman, Come and show me the forest hut. And when he stood at the door, he knocked and sang out, Sister dear, let me in here. And the door opened, and the king stepped in and there he saw a maiden more lovely than he had ever seen. The girl was frightened when she saw it was not her fawn, but a man with a golden crown on his head. But the king looked at her kindly, gave her his hand, and said, Would you come to my palace with me and be my dear wife? Yes, I would, answered the girl, only the little fawn must come along. I will never forsake him. The king said, It shall stay with you as long as you live, and never lack anything. Meanwhile the fawn came springing in. THE SISTER PUT HIM ON THE RUSH LEASH AGAIN, AND TAKING IT IN HER HAND, LED HIM OUT FROM THE COTTAGE AND INTO THE FOREST. THE KING PUT THE FAIR MAIDEN ON HIS HORSE AND LED HER INTO THE PALACE, WHERE THE WEDDING WAS CELEBRATED IN ALL POMP AND SPLENDOR. NOW SHE WAS QUEEN, AND THEY LIVED HAPPILY TOGETHER FOR A LONG TIME. THE FAWN WAS CHERISHED AND TENDED CAREFULLY AND SKIPPED ABOUT IN THE PALACE GARDEN. The wicked stepmother, who was to blame for the children's going out into the world, was quite certain that the girl had been torn to pieces by wild beasts, and that her brother, transformed into a fawn, had been killed by the huntsmen. Now that she heard they were so happy and well off, her heart was racked by envy, and jealousy gave her no peace. She could think of nothing but how she might contrive to bring misfortune upon the two. Her own daughter, who was one eyed and exceedingly ugly, reproached her, saying, "'I ought to have become queen. "'That luck should have been mine.' "'Just keep quiet,' said the old witch soothingly. "'I shall be on hand when the time comes.' "'Time passed on, and the queen brought a fine little boy into the world. "'The king happened to be hunting, "'and so the old witch assumed the shape of a waiting woman. "'She entered the chamber where the queen was lying and said, "'Come, the bath is ready. "'It will do you good and refresh your strength. "'Hurry up before it gets cold.' Her daughter was also at hand, and they carried the weak queen into the bathroom and put her into the tub. Then they locked the door and ran off. But they had made such a proper hellish heat in the bathroom, so that the beautiful young queen soon suffocated. When this was done, the old witch took her daughter, put a nightcap on her head, and made her lie down in place of the queen. She even gave her the queen's figure and looks, but what she could not make good was her lost eye. So that the king should not notice it, she was to lie down on the side where she had no eye. When the king came home in the evening and heard that a son had been born to him, he rejoiced in his heart and desired to go to his dear wife's bedside to see how she was. But the old witch exclaimed quickly, Not on your life. Keep the curtains drawn. The queen should not be exposed to light and must have quiet. The king went away without knowing that an impostor was lying in the queen's bed. Midnight came and everyone was asleep. Suddenly, the nurse sitting by the cradle in the nursery, and being the only one still awake, saw the door open, and the real queen come in. She took the baby out of the cradle, laid it on her arm, and suckled it. Then she took up its little pillow, put the child back again, and covered it with its little quilts. Nor did she forget the fawn, but went into the corner where he was lying and stroked his back. Then, without saying a word, she went out through the door again. "'The next morning the nurse asked the guards "'if anyone had entered the palace during the night, "'but they answered, "'No, we did not see anybody.' "'Thus the queen came many nights "'and never spoke a word while there, "'and every time the nurse saw her "'but did not have the pluck "'to tell anyone anything about it. "'Some time passed in this way "'when one night the queen began to speak, "'saying, "'How is my baby? "'How is my fawn? "'Twice more I will come, "'and then never again.' The nurse made no answer, but when the queen was gone again, she went to the king and told him everything. The king said, "'Oh, God, what is this? Tonight I will watch the child myself.' In the evening he went to the nursery, and at midnight the queen reappeared and said, "'How is my baby? How is my fawn? Once more I will come, and then never again.' She nursed the baby and was gone again. The king did not dare to address her, but kept watch the next night again. Once more she said, "'How is my baby? How is my fawn? I have come this time, but never more.' Then the king could not restrain himself, sprang towards her and said, "'You can be none other than my dear wife.' And she answered, "'Yes, I am your dear wife.' And at that very moment, through the grace of God, she was restored, becoming fresh, rosy-cheeked, and whole again. She told the king of the mischief done to her by the evil witch and her daughter." The king had them both taken before the judge, and the sentence was pronounced against them. The daughter was led into the forest, where wild beasts tore her to pieces, but the witch was cast into the fire to burn a miserable death. And no sooner had she been burnt to ashes than the fawn was transformed back and received his human form again. And thus the brother and sister then lived happily together until the end of their days.